This is episode 225. Shut your mouth. It's the mids. Featuring the Steve Martin of the SNL of the Tone Control. <laughs> Alex. The, the world it's, just got another perfect t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Tone Control. All right. Here we go. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's the Hello and welcome. Control. Yeah, it's it's going to, oh man, it's a special one because today we're just totally ditching our usual format and <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> there wasn't any guitar stuff to talk about except for one thing, and that is what's going on over at Copper Sound. And so we begged and pleaded with Alex, please, please. Will you just will you just tell us anything? You guys are the only company worth talking about. <laughs> Please come back to our podcast. Give us content. <laughs> without without you, what will our patrons do? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you for the warm introduction and um, pleasure to be here for the eighty fifth time. I think so. yeah, something like that. Uh, there. there needs to be a tone control hall of champions or something like that on the wall that <laughs> nobody can see. You're right, definitely yeah. the Steve Martin of the tone control. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, the Steve Martin of the SNL of the tone control, right? <laughs> I, think, I think I've got it. All right. Uh, yeah, welcome back. Um, for for somebody who just started listening in the last, I don't know, f- six or seven months, um, Alex is the copper sound. He's the man yeah. himself, the copper man. <laughs> He's the copper man. Yeah, just don't leave sound. me out in the rain. <laughs> First question get all from relic'd. Discord. <laughs> One of the questions from Discord was, what is a copper sound? Oh, wow. Oh, I, don't, I don't know if that question is deep or really lazy. <laughs> <laughs> It's, Why not both? It's, it's bordering <laughs> on one of the two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we're here to talk about new Copper Sound gear, which we're very excited about. Um, some Copper Sound gear that we thought we talked about on the podcast, but didn't. Yeah, <laughs> we did a fun thing. So, so here's what happened: the there was a there was a press release uh, that that you sent to us the day after we recorded an episode. And we were planning it. We were going to do this uh, Patreon hangout oh, with our, right. with our patrons okay, yes. business. So that's what's going on. So we were like, oh, you know what? We're just going to drop this n- little nugget to our to our patrons in in the secret hangout that like doesn't go to air. And um, and then we forgot that that's what we did. And so then we did a whole other episode <laughs> where we totally forgot yeah. to talk about it. But. And then, and then now we're we're like one episode later, and conveniently, there's even more Copper Sound news now. So you know what? We can just we can just tackle it all at once. We got a whole list of things. Right here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, good to have you back. Thanks, thanks for yeah. thanks for texting me and saying like, can we podcast soon? I was like, you bet we can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the truth behind that is the the. It was it was not so much begging and pleading so much as he conveniently offered it precisely the best time. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, hey, here's here's our next few record dates. And we we're like, how about Tuesday? 
How about Tuesday? Let's friggin' do it. Yeah, we're <laughs> recording on Tuesday also, by the way, as if that matters to the listener come yeah. Monday. But, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's yeah. interesting. It's historically actually been, for the last three episodes, it's always been September, October. Because hmm. it was yeah. September for the okay. release of the triple. Right. Yeah. And then it was one year later, we did like a one year what's been going on since Triple Graph. That's so right. That September, that's right. And now it's October. I don't know. Maybe it's just end of the year. We like to kind of at the very end, like hit the gas towards the rest of the year. So maybe yeah, that's why not? Some, some rhyme or reason to why it always seems like we're getting together like around the start of the autumn. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have you back. Every mm-hmm. year to talk about the state of the state of the state, so to speak, and <laughs> <laughs> the state of the sound. But I'm just uh, glad ooh, that you guys I are like. like that. A, we're just glad that you guys are a text away. If I have something crazy, and be like, huh, who do I know that has a podcast that will let me talk for about 75 minutes about something? <laughs> <laughs> talk about hey, Derek and minutes. Justin tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah, much. So, but. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> I'm still like not sick, but I'm kind of sick. Not, I'm not sick, but. <laughs> my body doesn't know that yet. So, <laughs> so things are happening. Anyway, um, what should we do? Like, how do we want to dive into this stuff? How about, do you want, I think we should talk about Copper Sound DIY first because it has yeah. been out. Right. And that's that's is the, the thing, thing that, that, we skipped. that we missed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, exactly. So, well, I have this, a, so, a quick oh. thing. You guys did an episode where we were in the show notes. Copper Sound was in the show notes. I was like, oh, I wonder if this will be the one where these guys are talking about it. So I listened, listened through the whole episode. It gets to the part. Right. It's like, and now we're going to talk about Copper Sound. We got some new stuff coming up. Catch you next week. I was like, that was it? Yeah, that's because the day after we recorded yeah. that is when you sent out the press release. Okay. Right. I was like, time, oh boy. At the time, yeah. we were speaking into the microphones. What we knew is sometime soon we're going to hear about something new. Yeah, it was like less than 24 hours later. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Eric's here. Cool. Hey, Eric. Welcome. Hey, um, Eric. Yeah. How about we give thanks to our, our I almost said Lord and Savior Pedal Genie, but. <laughs> <laughs> I could hear you almost saying that. Yeah. All right. Well, yes. this is last time. Didn't you say like, and, and we give thanks or something like that? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it sounds like me. All right. Anyway, yeah. Thanks to Pedal Genie for sponsoring the Tone Control. Visit pedalgenie.com and start your wish list today. <laughs> okay. Let's right. talk about Copper Sound DIY, which yeah. came out, that's been out for just a bit now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 16th, September 16th, you guys dropped mm-hmm, that, which is, mm-hmm. gosh, almost a month ago now. Man, we're lazy. Okay. <laughs> well, so the, it's the this, deal it's here. every other week schedule, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, we got two episodes in, in Whoa, and then it's much. been a month later. <laughs> oh, my God. So the deal here, Copper Sound DIY, these are not uh, pedal kits, but they are platforms for you to experiment with pedal creation. Right. Exactly, yeah. Love it. Because you, integrated you're, breadboards, what you're right, you're right, Derek. Typically, like you'll think of like, oh, it's uh, oh, I'm going to buy like a fuzz face kit. Yeah. Those those are cool, and the DIY is actually a home for us in the future to put stuff like that, which we'd love hmm. to do in the future. Mm-hmm. I even asked, I, I asked on Instagram stories, people were mentioning what type of effects they'd like to see, and I think this would be a place for them to live. But yeah, you're right. It's more of stuff for builders and tinkerers and hobbyists in our community, right? And you could buy this kit. Buy buy the pieces for a kit and sort of have it, and you know start and go as you please. It's not like it only makes one thing, and 
it's it, it, if, correct me if I'm wrong. I really don't know anything about pedal bo- or um, pedal circuit design, but it seems like you could very easily make a thing, erase it, so to speak, and sort of just wipe it, start over, go in a completely different direction, and just like fiddle around and see like if I change this value to that value, what happens? Yeah, exactly. And with doing so, like you're talking about like a swap out. So if you were to have a breadboard and for any listeners that aren't familiar, a breadboard is just like a small plastic thing with a series of um, pieces of metal that connect rows in columns uh, together for power and audio. Um, You can look up breadboard and it'll be very simple. But essentially the, the downside with the whole industry is... Breadboards are a common thing. They're a staple. They're a mainstay. They're something that pretty much every builder designs on. And then we have the tools that all these builders use. Like if you're going to play on a new pedal, you're going to probably turn a a pot and you're going to switch a switch and you're going to hit a foot switch and you're going to do this toggle switch and whatnot. However, those two things don't marry together very, like they don't go together. Like you can't get a toggle switch into a breadboard we created an adapter for it. You can't get a dual gang potentiometer into a breadboard. So we created something for it. So these are things that we use in our day to day. And mm-hmm. I had started it over two years ago on the side while we were doing triple. So I kind of had this going on in the background. And it was right at lockdown, April 2020. Mm-hmm. And lockdown started oh, wow. and saw a lot of people it was they were having time for themselves, which is great. And I was like, I'm going to try to go into this with I want to have a ton of stuff to do and just mm. create a ton of stuff. So two years later, after triple and everything, we kind of got back to putting coal in that in that train, and we were doing the DIY because we wanted this to be like a community give back. Mm. Um, yeah, for totally. all, all the all the people in this. So we've had pedal builders purchase these through us because you know they use this stuff. So going back to what I was saying with like the breadboards, you know, it's just a series of traces connected and power and ground and stuff, however you want to set it up, you couldn't implement these tools in it. And the other thing with breadboard is if you were to look it up wherever you're sitting or if you can imagine a breadboard at all, you can't get power and audio to it easily. Yeah, have- so you have the the power and the the input and output jacks permanently affixed to this thing. They're for- fully integrated. yeah. Seeing if there's a closer picture. There's not. Okay, I'm back up here. I'm back up here. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it, you can also see some more uh, on the site as well, Justin, under uh, Copper Sound slash DIY. But um, yeah, you, you couldn't get audio and power. And those are like the two things that you want to have when you're designing something. Like, oh, what do I need? I need power and I need to hear signal. So yeah, to get, right. To get, like, it's the bare minimum. So what we did was we integrated it so nope, that it's, automatic, it's automatically... So... Um, Power and signal, you know, and a bypass yeah. switch. Yeah, right. So I, I love this. It's a great idea, uh, just full stop, right? It's like the next evolution of pedal kits. Um, but it's mm-hmm. also like, you know, I, I like too. Yeah, I like a winter project. Sometimes I'll kind of look for a project to to fuss with in my basement over the winter, and this is the kind of thing. I, I don't again, like I said, I don't know anything about circuit design or anything, but if I wanted to get started with it in a way that's really trial and error proof. Like I'm not going to damage anything and I'm not going to do something irreversible um, by way of, oh yeah, there you go, by way of doing a pedal kit. This is the kind of thing for me. So talk to me about these component substitution boxes. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I have a question. Um, 
is this coming in is hot? This, well, because <laughs> like this is the this is the time to put this in. Is this something that you made for your own shop? Like, is this you're, you're sitting because everything I see here on the page, like I've never designed a circuit, but I've put together some other things, and so I've thought about like what was irritating about working on something. Like the closest I could come is I was baking making basically a treble bleed for my Telecaster and I was building it inside my Telecaster and I kept changing out capacitors trying to figure out which was the perfect one. And it took forever because I had to solder it, desolder it every time and then play the Mm -hmm. guitar because without it being all connected, it doesn't make sense. And so here you've got things and we'll get to more about those switch boxes and things, but I'm picturing Alex's trying to build a circuit and he says, you know what I need? I'm tired of these basic breadboards, basic bitch breadboards. I need something that has this stuff on it. And then you build it and realize I'm not the only one who wants this. So I assume that's the story. If it's not, I suggest you say it's the story. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the story to an extent. I think the order of operations is a little more like Kill Bill, however. Um, (laughs) Okay. So I'll I'll show it up so you guys can see in the the chat. But essentially, this is what a standard breadboard looks like at Copper Sound headquarters. So I've got this from Ellen Co. So this is a breadboard with multiple buses and rails and everything. Yeah. So... Oh, Justin, switch the, the video over so we can get that larger. Oh, I should get the bigger video. Yeah, here you go. There we go, yeah. So this is what a standard breadboard in the shop at Copper Sound looks like. So standard Ellen Co. These are my favorites for it. Now, I can't get power and I can't get uh, audio to it. So what I do is I take old um, enclosures that didn't make the cut or got screwed up or whatnot. I add mm-hmm. audio to it. I add power in the back. I add a toggle switch and an LED so you can have bypass and effect. And then I run wires out of it to here. You can see the mm-hmm. yellow, green, and then power buses and everything. And then it gets to here. So all of that, and then it's on top of a wooden board. If you guys yeah. look at the, um, the breadboards so it's we created. conductive yeah. Uh, the breadboards that we created actually have holes in the side so you could mount our breadboards oh, down to yeah. something a little, a little weightier. So you can see... No exaggeration, generally to set one of these up, about two hours probably. Yeah. And after six, seven, eight years, I was like, I've played my dues. I'm I'm done with doing this. I want to, <laughs> I want to, and it was as we were getting ready to do DIY. So it's funny. It was probably August of this year, right before it came out in September. Uh, we had the sub boxes. We had the toggle mm-hmm. switch adapters. We had the solder dispenser I created. And we were getting ready to launch it and everything. And I was like, I have this idea. I just don't want to show anybody yet. So I'm going to design it. So I designed that mini breadboard, right. mini, mini one, as mm-hmm. Jordan calls the keychain breadboard. <laughs> yeah. It looks like and, that's um, the one I have here. Oh, no, wait, the mini. Here we go. This check out the guy. mini. It's like, you know, if, you know, when you have like a layover for three hours, you just have to get some breadboarding done. You just yeah. whip out that mini breadboard. <laughs> you keep it in your wallet. It's a typical <laughs> yeah. Monday for me. I love yeah. breadboards at TSA. But anyway, <laughs> um, so I was sick of doing this, like this chasing after getting audio in there and everything. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this as like a surprise thing. And I showed the shop and everybody was like, oh, this is so cool. Because technically all the stuff we were making for DIY is for breadboards at its core. So right. Justin, you brought up a really good point about, oh, I want to change the capacitance to here, whether it's a high-pass filter or a low-pass filter. These substitution boxes, jumping over to them, would be perfect mm-hmm. because we make yeah. ones for film caps, resistors. We make ones for diode pairs in symmetrical clipping form, which is great for anybody that makes like a RAT, a DOD 250-style circuit, anything that's in a Centaur realm because mm-hmm. of its clipping style. Mm-hmm. And we also... 
are just launching, by the time this episode's out, we'll have electrolytic and um, ceramic capacitor sub boxes. So, so if you were to go onto a breadboard, I actually did this the other day where I've, I've got a network here I'm working on for a new pedal and I've got a high pass filter here. Now you can figure out the calculations online, right? But you want to hear it with your ears. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I literally plug in our resistor substitution box and our capacitor substitution box and literally just start cranking down those chicken heads, different positions, not with any rhyme or reason, just using my ear being like, okay, here it goes. Okay, there's the curve. Okay, I wanted to get rid of this low frequency that I was not enjoying here. Mm -hmm. And it makes it so much easier because essentially, say you had a regular breadboard and say you were working on a tone control network, ding, what you could do... My baby's sleeping. I'm not going to use the bell. (laughs) (laughs) Ding. So what you would do is you'd go over to your area where you're keeping parts. You'd take out your little bin. You'd put the part in the breadboard. You'd make sure you get into the right channels. You'd play your guitar. Listen to it a little bit. Probably take the guitar off, put it down, pull the part out, go to the yeah. bin, put it away, grab yeah. a new part, put it in. And by the time there, you're like, wait, what did the first thing sound like? Mm-hmm. So in real time, being able to turn a 12-way rotary was just valuable it's for huge. us. It's huge. It's yeah. huge, yeah. So, I mean, there, there's there's layers to the convenience of this, too. Because like what I was talking about, building, which swapping caps inside a guitar control board, right? And then uh, I'm also thinking like the last time I did any breadboarding, I bought, I mean, this was for, I actually, I was just doing a power supply. So it was a, it was going to be a permanent build, but I got one of the cheapy cheapies where it's just a grid of solder pads, right? And I actually built it together and soldered the whole thing together. But these breadboards, and I should, I should cut back to the, go away. I should cut back to the thing. Um, The breadboards that, that we're talking about here are, they're like a, they're like push, like like pinching, right? So there's yeah, like yeah. pins Terminal in there, strip. right? Yeah. So you, it's it's so it's quicker already, it's right? We're actually like pushing the metal in, and that's causing a connection. We're not having to solder it, desolder it each time. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. already Solder-less. we're talking about it. Solderless, right? So already we're talking about a much nicer breadboard. But then it's like, but actually we're not going to do that. We're going to do the chicken head knobs, because uh, mm-hmm. these are all basically this is built in. Here we've got, I mean, which one comes up is the the filter cap. So I'll just zoom in on that. You know, you've got in the back of this thing, 24 different caps. <laughs> it's like, which one yeah. do you want? Well, there, there it is. And just click, click, click. And, and then you, then you know what you're after once, once you can actually hear it. Convenient. Yeah, and, and, it's an awesome idea. I, I love the, and like the adapters you have for the pots and the toggle switches and just being able to, like you said, the, integrate the things that you're not typically able to integrate into the whole setup, it just makes it all so much more streamlined. And and so w- w- with the this isn't a kit, so you'd have to buy each piece that you want. So you get a breadboard, you get the substitution boxes. You can also get um, pre-cut and pre-stripped wire. Awesome in like five different colors. I think it, yeah, it's eight different eight, colors, eight different colors, different sizes. So when I was designing the breadboards, um, obviously the whole integrated thing takes away some of the area to entry, I think, for that type mm. of stuff. So now if on a breadboard, it has uh, small male to female pin headers. And this is so you can allow um, wire to easily jump into like the bus rails or the main breadboard rails. So what we did was we just cut and strip different colors because in our shop, different colors of different things. Like we obviously use black for ground, red for hot, and then we use certain colors for certain things. Mm-hmm. So 
next to me, I have a whole entire locker of 64 bins of like each of the eight colors and then eight different lengths. So I thought mm. it'd be cool to offer some for people because like if you're going to get this, you might have it in your shop as well, but sometimes it's convenient to just have, oh, here's a hundred of them and they're already pre-cut and pre-stripped. Now I'm not doing yeah, any of that. Yeah, just get started. Work. Yeah, just and like barrier to entry with with guitar stuff in general has been on the decline for years. Like it, it is, it has never been easier to get into this industry into the hobby, whether it's building gear or learning an instrument or getting into specific nuances of really niche aspects of it. Mm-hmm. So this is an area though that we haven't seen a lot of barrier to entry be dissolved. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm really happy to see that. And what's great is this is a cool hobby to get into. And the, everything you have here is Pretty dang affordable. So, like, I, I, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, five dollars stripped wire, pre stripped wire starting at five dollars. My time stripping wire is worth more to me than five dollars. And I think if you're the sort, if you're a person who wants to start doing this sort of stuff, like, that's it. I mean, this is a, um, I don't know. I, I, I would, that, that's what I noticed when I looked over this press release at first. It was like, this is, um, this is not well, a lot of upcharge. This is, you know what I mean? Like this is something, this is a carefully curated set of stuff. You're essentially building a kit um, for your own needs, um, but it's, you're not, you're not paying a giant upcharge for that. You know, $10 right. for a dual gang pot that's adapted to this breadboard system. A, a regular mm. dual gang pot could cost $10, depending, I guess, depending on which one you get for crying out loud. We also, right. so you build those ones, right? Some of them come assembled, like the sub boxes and the DIY mm-hmm. breadboards. Those come fully assembled, but like the toggle switch and the dual gang pot, you assemble them yourself. Oh, cool. It, okay. comes, with, it comes with the pin headers and it comes with right. a quick diagram and it comes with the potentiometer. The, the user, uh, in your case, Justin, if you're on the site, you choose, oh, I want a B100K or oh, I want a B50K. Oh, and we'll ship nice. it with okay. that. And then mm-hmm. it comes with the pin headers and it comes with the circuit board I designed. So very cool. You oh, yeah. assemble so it here, together. Here's your whole whole set. I don't I hope this is coming out on the Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, yeah, you, you, you pick the down. option. There it is. Yep. So um Eric is asking in the chat, are the materials the stuff you'd be using in your pedals anyway? So if materials as in like the parts that come with if he's talking about like um adapters and stuff like if we're building with a dual gang potentiometer we're probably going to use those ones if we're building with toggle switch these are actually stuff is from my personal stock okay. of parts so like these toggle <laughs> switches oh my god are what if you run out into- <laughs> yeah i mean i i mean uh, supply chain is is a fun thing right now but generally these aren't <laughs> having we're not you're not giving microprocessors so it's okay <laughs> right. but but yeah in some things like i said come fully assembled the things you assemble, and I think the fact that it says DIY, yeah, instantly says like you're saying I am coming into this social contract that says I admit that I'm going to have to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I, so I, I see, I see what you're, yeah, you're you're taking issue with what I was saying about how like this this kit is. Uh, well, I still think it's a good value. I don't know. I don't think I was wrong. Like it's a good value. You no. have this pot. No, and you're it's, just going to solder a killer these. Value. Yeah, you're going to like the the pinout is. I was thinking like you could be buying a potentiometer from a, a place like this that was offering mm. kit parts and it could easily cost $10, but this one mm-hmm. comes uh, mm. designed to fit this and, and with a custom designed circuit board here with the pins, mm. you're going to lay it in there, you're going to solder those things in one time and then be able to use it to design mm. many things or to move it around easily. Sure, anybody that makes a like Klon Centaur clone uses a dual gang 
B100K. And now you can do it without having to like put six wires into like a solder pin terminal style and have it look like <laughs> a flower is growing out of right. your pedal board. You <laughs> yeah. know, so we just wanted to streamline. I was just kind of sick of the fact that these parts are universal and adopted and accepted everywhere. These breadboards are universal and adopted and accepted, but they won't go together. They don't fit together. So they this is this not. is the definition of necessity is the mother of invention of that saying. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. this whole system so well done, sir? I, I'm I love. Yeah, there's this. a solder dispenser too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, down here at the bottom. And I mean that's a, that's a pretty simple machine, cover. but come on. <laughs> You, someone, you need that shit, you know. <laughs> you know what we so, I, I we sold actually a lot of them, and I was I was kind of surprised. I thought it would just be like a quirky thing that would be cool to offer, but I think it has that appeal, kind of like our flashlights do, where it's like, yeah, I can get a flashlight or a solder dispenser anyway, but this one's made out of guitar parts. Yeah, so yeah, this is yeah. where it's cool. And it's got the you know? it's got the Copper Sound logo. This is a little bit like a shirt or a hat, right? It's like it's not yeah. that you actually needed the Copper Sound version of this. Right, like I didn't need. But you may as well. (laughs) Speaking of shirts, has anybody else noticed that this guy's wearing a Guitar Knobs podcast T-shirt on a Tone Control podcast right now? (laughs) Uh, Oh my god, we're on the wrong show, Justin. I think I said the name wrong at the beginning. No, no, no. Uh, so you're funny. walking down the street. <laughs> I um, just earlier today, I was just a totally different thing. I was hearing this discussion about um, it was about like ethics in tech journalism or something, and somebody was talking about <laughs> sort of the the way the history of journalism print. Uh, was very adversarial, but now that everything's on YouTube and all the print magazines have gone to YouTube too, the YouTube culture is much more camaraderie. And so mm. now even people who are adversaries as magazines are friends. Uh, and obviously, we're not enemies <laughs> with any podcasts, except, oh, God, except maybe no. the tone jerks. Yeah, fuck those guys. No, I'm fuck kidding. We guys. love you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, no, that's uh, so, that's fantastic. So, so these have been on, uh, um, you said you sold a lot of the solder dispensers. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and these have been on, uh, out like a month ish. I'm trying About to think. A month, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's great. I, I'm sorry that we didn't talk more about. Well, no, I'm not sorry because this is much better than talking about. This is the way to talk episode. about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So forget, um, forget. My apology is not necessary. Let's let's <laughs> change gears. Let's talk about yeah. some new pedals. The big reveal. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about them. All right. Um, which one do you want to do first? Fucking the red one, or orange, okay. or whatever color it is. Um. All right. Orange guy. The orange, orange guy. Yeah. Renegade. Boom. The Renegade. Multi-bias fuzz. Bit. Tell me about Renegade, the multi-bias fuzz. Okay. Sure, yeah. This, so this is actually our first production line fuzz, which is weird to think about because... Oh. Uh, Look what I got over here. My, uh, my Captain there we go. Hook. Captain Hook's in the our, office. Yeah. That was one of our first, that was our first limited edition fuzz, which That's was right. Captain Hook, uh, an octave fuzz with a boost two and one in our duet series. Very cool. Um, after that, we did a very short run of um, hand painted Cobra fuzzes with a local tattoo artist and a shop that's only around um, the Plymouth area here. In Massachusetts. So we only have done limited for fuzz, which is kind of weird and cool to think about since Mm. we've been around since Mm -hmm. like 2016 to not have a fuzz. So this is our first um, foray into fuzz as a production. 
and it's in a new series of pedals um, and a brand new enclosure that I designed. You can't tell from the picture because it's a face on, but essentially when we were starting this mini series of pedals, so anybody listening, this is a small enclosure like the size of a ditto um, mm. with a single knob. Uh, you can see the offset LED. jacks and so on. Yep, exactly. So we designed an enclosure. Um, Derek, you're a fan of the EP Booster. It's very much oh, like hell yeah. that. It's mm-hmm. slightly deeper. So it's the on the same is, board as my fox catcher right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's slightly deeper enclosure than a standard like ditto okay. size or a, a something very small in an A size enclosure. So we designed one with our manufacturer that makes our enclosures, sent them over the drawings and everything. And Jordan and I kind of like banged our head against the wall to make this and have them send it out. <laughs> and now we're using these for all of our stuff, which is kind of cool to have. Even though it's it's very relatable and similar, it's kind of cool to have your own thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So first thing that was actually done for a mini series because obviously you know if you look at the inside it's like all jacks is the joke like the jacks <laughs> take up so much space it's just um, jacks all the way down it's like it's like when a smile is all all gum you know yeah. <laughs> so the inside is all jacks so the first one is renegade which is our multi-bias fuzz the origin of renegade is actually a fuzz pedal that i made for jordan who works here um, in 20, I want to say 2015 or 16, I made it for him. So it had Early been, days. A, been a really long time. I made him this one and it, it was called Tesla fuzz because it did this thing where when the note was decaying and trailing off, it's kind of sounded electrical, almost like a Jacob's ladder or something like you'd hear in like an electric, electric factory. Yeah. A, a crackle sizzle. It had an electrical sizzle to it. And for years, we tried to replicate it in a breadboard. Crap. We hit a wall. Let's get away from it. In a breadboard. Couldn't do it. Couldn't figure it out. We're poking and prodding. Somehow his still works. We <laughs> we worked on that like it was the only guinea pig in like a 10-mile radius. And <laughs> I don't know how it works. I think it's broken technically. Like I think when I built oh, this okay. on Vero board, I think something happened. Or something beautiful happened. And what happened a few years ago, I got out the breadboard not one of our new ones. So there was all those that. And um, <laughs> I got it out and I had Jordan's, I had Jordan's um, original fuzz unit here. And I was like, okay, I'm going to measure voltages with my meter. Okay, what are the voltages on all of these pins and everything, so on and so forth? And I'm going to match in the breadboard. Mm-hmm. And then essentially I was, you know, doing A B tests and it was as close as possible. His still has a, a sizzle I can't quite put my finger on and we cannot replicate. But it uses the exact same transistors, same configuration. It's hmm. slightly modified to have um, a bias toggle control. So you can have like this more traditional open sounding like Tone Bender 1.5 style or mm-hmm. this extra gated sizzle if you put the tone knob down. So that's kind of the origins. It started off with this fuzz pedal I made for him as a gift. And it just it couldn't it, come out. It, it's an enigma. Across. Yeah. I And yeah. okay, so... Question from Discord about the pedals that we're talking about today. Why tease us for months and cause so much heartache? <laughs> Some people just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> well, you, you know, actually, I think there's another. I think there's another answer to that because the exception of like you had shown, Eric, you have a limited edition Captain yeah. Hook, and we had obviously the the Jack White Triple Graph come out. Mm-hmm. We haven't had a production pedal since 2019 with Loma Prieta. Just wow. weird. To okay. Think about. Yeah. Yeah. We've been like we're we're eating an all fiber diet right now because we have been backed up for years. <laughs> it's my Loma. 
So yeah, it's yeah. weird to think about because obviously triple was such a huge thing and it mm-hmm. felt like it was, it feels like it's still, it's just at the tail end of it's like quasi excitement or people excited about it. It's people are still excited, which is really cool after two years, but the triple train was so long and it backed us up or good and bad. Like we couldn't get anything out. And now we're finally, all of these ideas are finally like, you know, three Stooges syndrome. They're all getting through the door frame at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So I was designing and Renegade was the first thing I was like, Oh, this could be cool. Like we, we need to do a fuzz. And everybody was always excited about Jordan's Tesla fuzz one off that I made him. And I'm on board. Man. Like I'm, I'm more into fuzz now than ever. I have um, that new Pigtronics fuzz, the Star Eater, which is just blowing mm-hmm. my mind. I love it. I picked up one of the new, not new anymore, but the Opia Big Muffs, and mm-hmm. I like just something about fuzz. Like it changes the way I play guitar. It changes the way I approach my playing because it's so harmonically dense. Like fuzz, just in general, there is so much extra stuff happening with fuzz. Mm. I focus way more on single string uh, playing, right? Because full six string chords, they just like, they don't always work well with fuzz. It's too (laughs) much. And that kind of change in playing and that a gear that can make you kind of rethink your instrument a little bit is is good. And I think it's something and a practice that we should all do now and then. So I'm very excited to try this. I'm very excited to hear it. Um, Eric wants to know if you can put two in one box and run them at the same time. <laughs> he has a problem. <laughs> so a two in one problem. <laughs> so this runs nine to 18 volts, which is also cool. And that's something I see a lot with fuzz. Oh, uh, you know, I, I had spoken to a podcast recently. We were talking about some new products with, we were talking about that aspect. Um, mm. some pedals, it works, some, it doesn't really Mm-hmm. A difference as much. You should actually try Loma at 12 volts, by the way, someday. No um, shit. It's not remarked on there because it's kind of an Easter egg. Um, oh, but anyway, I don't know if I have the means to do that, but we'll find out. You know, I had spoke with um with the lovely gentleman from the underground sessions, and we were talking about that. They were like, oh, 9 and 18, you don't see a lot. And a lot of times, like with even if it doesn't make a difference, but it has the capabilities of running an 18, as a person that does pedal board setups for musicians in this area, there's a lot of times power supplies will give you a ton of nines. Then all of a sudden they'll give you this random 12 or 18. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if I'm running nine, everything, this is useless. Yeah. Can't do anything. With, I, my, my 12 spot is now 10 spot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, well, if it can do it, it sounds cool or even sounds the same. Why not? That way it's like, oh, hey. I, oh, so it's like, it's almost power. like a utility thing. Like you can still mm-hmm. run it and it may sound the same, but you're not sacrificing a spot on your power brick. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah, you know, because so if you think isn't about the isn't the the thing about fuzz is uh, if you're going to change it, it's typically you're undervolting it, right? It's like a mm. sag, battery sag thing. So you'd sort of go the other cool. direction. So in this case, it's like you can put this in your 18 slot, so it doesn't take up one of your nines. Exactly, and it still gives actually a, a just like most things when it gets nine, it gets bigger headroom, it gets to a more full sound. Whereas mm-hmm. this one, this biasing, we actually have to bias it to. Two decimal points past, uh, two two places past the decimal point to get it its exact sizzle mm-hmm. it has to be biased down to like I don't know that is two places past the decimal point. So it's not just like a voltage. It's like something point something something is right. how you bias these here. So it's very particular. But then when you're doing eighteen, everything 
equally comes up. It raises the ships equally, if you will. Cool. Um, But yeah, I just thought it was like, well, wait, why not? Even if it doesn't change it, period, right? Let's say we were to demonstrably prove that it didn't change the sound. What's the What's the deal? Let's put it on Let's an eighteen volt spot. It's not going to break mm. anything, right? Because there are some pedals oh. where it's like, "Don't feed me eighteen volts," because whatever mm-hmm. component is going to pop on you. Um, mm-hmm. But right. so, like, the, so this is stuff. it's it's that it's capable. You're not down regulating it to nine. Mm. It's just capable, so it's not going to harm it. So there it is on the nice. label. Yeah, nice. I get you. Um, Hundred and fifty bucks street price. Do you have a release date? It is October fourteenth, so actually this Friday. Friday, okay. So yeah, a couple days right. after, or a couple days before this episode will come out. Um, mm-hmm. That's the launch date, or just an announcement date? That's the launch date. So it's gonna, yeah, it's Hell Tuesday yeah. the eleventh right now. So it comes out on Friday the fourteenth. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Looking forward. to yeah, it, it was actually that. we didn't think about that. Actually, we didn't figure out a launch date because of um, production enclosures, delays, yeah. any of that stuff until last week. We were like, hey, let's do it next <laughs> Friday. Yeah, why not? New- we had been um, keeping press releases and information essentially October, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Come back later. You know, like it was <laughs> right. just saying October as a whole. So, yeah. Um, nice. Well, congrats on this. This is very cool. Nice. And- uh, okay. You know what I realized is I, I actually prepped a, bu- I prepped a bunch of um, Copper Sound pedal demo sounders <laughs> that I haven't been using. Uh, so, because. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, so anyway, I'll tell you what. I'm going to uh, – let's see. What, no, what should I do? No, we should do a Pedal Genie right now. Yeah. We need to do our I, Pedal I don't Genie have, break. I still have the um, the Dimension C. I still have that yeah. here. So I'm, we're I not going to actually take time out for that. No. But we're still no, no, going to no, no. do our thing. Um, so we're still going to do the oh, ad read. And tonight – By the way, oh, did you see the gift call? That's yeah. what I was going to jump in with. Okay. The gift call is Adam West Batman. Okay. <laughs> All right, buckle up. Pedal Genie is like the Netflix of guitar pedals. Rent any pedal you want for as long as you want. For one low monthly price, shipping is included and there are no late fees or time limits. With over 1,500 pedals to try from nearly 100 different manufacturers, Pedal Genie definitely has the gear you want to try. Subscriptions start with Flex at just $22 a month. Try out one pedal at a time for as long as you want. Send it back when you're ready for the next one. For only $47 a month, the standard subscription includes shipping. So you could have a different pedal every few days. If one isn't enough for you, Pedal Genie Pro gets you three pedals at a time for only $77 a month. Shipping included. There's a subscription for everyone, and best of all, your first month is free. If you find the pedal of your dreams, the one you just have to keep, Pedal Genie will offer you a buyout option. Prices vary with the length of your membership and the type of pedal but you'll definitely get an awesome price for the pedal in your hand. So head to pedalgenie.com to fill up your wishlist with pedals, and they'll send out your first pedal ASAP. Pedal Genie, all your pedal wishes granted. All right. (laughs) Nice. I was the only one participating, but you know what? What a whole lot of silliness. Um, Sometimes you got to just really carry the torch. It's fine. Um, The, yeah, it's, it's rough. The, um, the the gifts my my whole my whole system is just really struggling uh, tonight for it whatever is. reason. <laughs> um, uh, OBS had an update that it wanted me to do right before I started recording, and I thought, well, that's a very bad idea. Uh, maybe I should have. Uh, so anyway, I hope that the video is not too choppy. 
but there's nothing I can do about it now, so we press on. <laughs> it's it'll catch up, right? It'll be yeah, fine. we'll be we'll be all right. Um, so so I have a question actually. Before we get into the next pedal, okay, I have a question for Alex. I want to know what the process is like when you make when you set out to make a new pedal. Considering pedal topologies seem to be a finite thing, uh, the market is really saturated. I think it's, at least from my perspective, it's really saturated. I find it hard to get excited about new gear sometimes because it's just, you know, a lot of times it's more of the same. Mm. And I'm wondering how you set out to make something that is cool and different and stands out, but isn't wildly off base for people who are looking for stuff that we're familiar with. Because guitarists, I think, are a weird bunch that like tradition, but also want something new about it. So like the Renegade being a Tone Bender 1.5, you know, basis, but with some bells and whistles and new stuff. So, because I, I don't find anything in the Copper Sound line to be like, just, I, I'm not interested in it because it ba- already exists as something else. Yeah, you know, it's it, not- they're not, they're not basic bitch pedals. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. It's a big question and you I know. Touched, I, yeah. you've done a lot of stuff there, but you, <laughs> but you, Opened up the proverbial Pandora's box there. So, right. So sorry, we don't have to go super deep if you don't want to. If it would take too long, <laughs> oh, but I'm just. I'm that's curious. fine. These are these are all topics in like philosophical discussions that we have all the time. And I've had an outlet with Premier Guitar getting able to write for them and everything, mm-hmm, and right. have that outlet and stuff. And these are things that we talk about all the time. And it's a really good question. And there's several things that I would touch base on this. Like, if the first question is obviously where does an idea come from, those. Those that one's harder to pinpoint because sometimes it's an outside source, like it was with the triple graph. Sometimes yeah. when we did the telegraph, it was I saw a part at a at a hardware store, um, that type of thing. Um, sure, inspiration can strike anywhere for that, but I, I think yeah. for sure the question being like, if you say I'm going to set out to make a fuzz, or mm-hmm. or whatever, say you want to make a new overdrive, right? Though the overdrive market is so full. And it's really hard to mm. make it seem like any of it. I'm just really jaded on a lot of it personally. Like it's hard to like <laughs> feel like any of it matters. You know what I mean? So like, there's these main pillars of overdrive styles, mm. and how do you how do you approach that style or or any style without it being derivative or just mm. another one in the pile? Okay, so a couple things on that. And the first one I would point out is this is a good topic because overdrive is very, everybody grasps it and they understand the saturation of it. And I can't help but think of a podcast that Matthew Farrow from Disaster Area and Alexander was on where he was talking about their stuff, which is like delay, reverb, mm-hmm. crazy trail stuff and whatnot. And he was talking about, he was using that as an example of um, that versus overdrive. And he talked about it like a pyramid where stuff that's harder to make is up top and stuff that's easier to make is down below, right? And he was saying it's crowded at the bottom Mm because everybody can make a fuzz. Everybody can make an overdrive. A lot of people make them really, really well, whether it's vintage, modern, whatnot. Mm -hmm. So in that pyramid, crowded at the bottom. And we know that when it comes to gain stuff, boost pedals, overdrives, that type of thing, it's very open at the top. Um, And when I think of that, I think of like, analog delays i think of like Mm -hmm. extreme pitch modulation stuff i think of octave it's hard to not think about clean octave seeing as we have the triple graph which besides us you can only really think of like whammy 
anything from EHX mm-hmm. and the sub and up from uh, TC. TC. So it's like yeah. the up up here, it's still open season Wild West, but the barrier is so incredibly high to do something like a clean octave like we were doing. That's right. why it took us four years. So now to go back to your question, like it is crowded at the bottom. So obviously we try to have stuff like if we can, we'll do stuff that other people don't do. Like we're working on things that other people either they don't have the resources, they don't have um, the technical behind it, like when it comes to coding and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And their things, they maybe don't need it, and that's fine, right? But if we were going to be doing like an overdrive or whatnot, it's hard for me to not think about something my uncle asked me years ago. We were working on Polaris at the time, and he'd ask me, what makes yours different than what's out on the market? It's a yeah, very yeah. just it's a very basic question that is honestly sometimes hard to answer. Yeah, because I think a lot of the good. guitar industry is like just being in the market, right? It's why there's 10 zillion tube screamers. Mm-hmm. And it almost right. feels like if a company doesn't have this option, what does that mean? Right. And and to to have that presence <laughs> with a certain pro- which is stupid. Does it mean <laughs> does it mean that they that uh there's like a a huge portion of the population down at the bottom of that pyramid that isn't going to come across your name. You know, it's yeah. like if you aren't in, and then maybe that's why everybody has to have a tube screamer. Cause it's like, well, it's at a certain point, every guitarist is going to be like, well, let me look at the menu. I'll, of I'll tube try tube screamers. Screamer, yeah. And there's no, there isn't a copper sound tube screamer. So they're not going to find out about copper sound until they start digging a little deeper. Or, or are we going to say climbing mm-hmm. a little higher on the pyramid, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Or sludging down at the bottom, if you will. You know, that's if you want. And and that's not to rag because we make boost pedals. You know, we do that type of stuff. Like we try to do something different. Like our treble booster looks like a a telecaster. You know what yeah. I mean? Like sure. We're yeah. trying we're trying to set ourselves apart in those ways aesthetically or internally. But mm-hmm. to go back to your thing, Derek, too, like part of it I think too is brand loyalty in a in an enjoyment from something because we don't generally set out to go, Hey, what exists on the market and has been around for 40 years and we'll just make an exact version of it. We're not mm-hmm. going to do that. That doesn't really excite us. That doesn't excite most people. However, all you have to do is generally two things. Well, other than make it sound good, put your own twist on it and keep it in the skin or shell or aesthetic of your thing. Because there are people out there that are going to want a quote, tube screamer style if we do it because they're such fanboys of it or they like the way that our layout is or the way that we've approached it mm-hmm. yeah um, it could just be that because i mean let's say you were in the market for a tube screamer you might think oh who are some of my favorite companies right like right earthquake yeah. I'll do I the should, I certainly how, wouldn't, that is how i would approach it yeah <laughs> yeah i would not be like well let me just go get an ibanez i would not be looking at ibanez. which are which are fine and and, and those yeah. have been around forever and for a reason and they're a great price True. and they're tanks and now if you want to do like well what would i like to see out of this pedal what would i like to see there's a reason there's so many big muffs and tone benders mm-hmm. and tube screamers and it's like oh and it could be easy to get jaded and be like, oh, hey, did you see insert big pedal company came out with another tube screamer and this one toggle? And, and that's how I feel a lot of the time, partly from producing this show for almost 10 years. It's like, okay, yeah. more of the same. And I just, I have this focus on it again as part of guitar media. Like, I know we're part of that, but it's. Mm-hmm. I, I just, the, the, it's often really exhausting, I think. <laughs> so the, the level of jaded is artificially higher. But that it's higher, but it doesn't mean you can't ask about it. It's okay, to right? Do it. And I think it's that <laughs> I I love this all so much, but 
I think it's also healthy to be critical of the things we care about. So I, I think we've we've covered it really. It's I, yeah. I often you have a different view, Alex, into the industry than we do, of course. And like we are just, you know, glorified hobbyists basically that decided to hit record one day. So I don't know. I read a ton of gear news and that's kind of it. So, but as someone who's making stuff, I was curious about perspectives on the industry and stuff. So well done. There, there good, good answer. There, there are definitely <laughs> like models of stuff and manufacturers that make stuff where it comes out and we see it and it's just like, you so know what I mean, or it's not yeah. for me or, or you see something like these guys have been around 10 years and that's the new thing. But you know what? Yeah. It, we also have this, <laughs> there's a weird bias. And I think I remember specifically we were getting ready because Renegade, and we're going to talk about the next one that's coming out. These two things are going to be the first thing that we do really since Triple Graph. It's not fair to compare what comes after from what comes before. You don't. It's hard to not think about that. It's like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. The people that did Jack White's octave pedal that's touring the world, it's now got like a one knob fuzz. This is you know like really bland. But it's it's kind but, of like not comparing the new record to the last record. You have to sure. live in the moment and embrace and celebrate what the thing is. And again, like I said, for us, it's weird to never have fuzz because we tried to go closer to the top of the pyramid with having reverb and harmonic tremolo and that type of stuff in our lineup. And now we realize, man, we've done this a long time. We could do some dirt pedals. Yeah, and I think one that comes to mind is when Strymon dropped their phaser. I I could not help but feel like, did they make this because they don't have a phaser? Like, why... (laughs) <laughs> Who's going to Strymon needing a phaser? Uh, so that's just me being like burned out. But anyway, let's let's switch gears again okay. and talk about the next new pedal. All right, the next, and I'm gonna play. I'm gonna finally play a, a goddamn sound. Nice. I think I realized how long I left this in. That's okay. Fade it out. All right. Good night. Cool. Good, good blues. Um, the definitely a rat copy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, yes. Gravity Bomb. Uh, so, yeah, V2 obviously that was the later. Copper Sound Daedalus as, perf- yeah, as yeah, performed yeah. by Derek Heidemann. All right. When I was... Really bored and uninspired with my guitar playing, like most days. Anyway, let's talk about Gravity Bomb V2. V2. Yeah. What's that? You needed more gravity? (laughs) (laughs) As I just mentioned, being top of the pyramid with a triple graph clean octave, here comes the boost pedal. (laughs) (laughs) But you're not taking up the whole bottom of the pyramid. Look at this mini motherfucker. Yeah, it's true, you know, and <laughs> and I'm actually probably more excited about this one because this one actually has something that, you know, going back to your question, Derek, which I think is very upfront but honest and can be hard to answer. Though, what is why is this different? Why should I buy yours? Well, what makes this different? You know, I saw this press release and thought this is what Gravity Bomb should have been from the start. Like this is this is what it was supposed to be, not in like the uh, first one shouldn't have happened, but I'm like this is what I've been waiting for, right mm-hmm. and. I have Gravity Bomb in some other pedals, right? It's in the Foxcatcher, it's in the the Captain Hook. So I never felt the need to have one on its own, but I see this and it's like, okay, now we're talking. Now <laughs> now there's a there, yeah, this is this stands uh in its this own is what it closure, wanted to be. right? Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, we're excited about this one, and um, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a nice lineage for it too because this is like this will be our first V two that has graphics. You know, obviously, yeah, um, strategy had come out. Strategy V two had come out in July. That's its own beast, though, and it's in our yeah. Pickguard series. You know, yeah. and, and and we understand that we've separated our series. Obviously, you got Pickguard. You have our duet series, mm-hmm. and you've got our mini series. There'll be another series next year coming out as Ooh, well. Teaser, but um, but yeah. So we here we, we go with we the heartbreak, build- Alex. You're just <laughs> oh, guess what? I, I've I've come to answer your prayers. Except guess what? Fuck you. There's something new that's secret. <laughs> something you could never possibly know about. Awesome. I I'd love. Okay. The graphic, well, I guess I derailed way. that. Anyway. <laughs> uh, okay. So Gravity Bomb has graphics. I'm sorry. Gravity Bomb has graphics now. And look, there's a switch for the mids and, and whatnots. Yeah. Yeah, that's that I th- I thought Justin would like that because Justin's an EQ freak, right? I, I like I like when you can I like when you can shift your mids, you guys. I just gotta I, shift I don't know them mids. I, I don't want to know why I have to explain that to you. I, I like to. I'd I'd love to use like mid shifter as like a jargon term that's kind of derogatory. Kind of like look at this fucking mid scooper over here. <laughs> right. You know, somebody who's really into big muscles. This guy's a fucking mid scooper. Don't talk. What's to that him. guy's problem? Somebody's sweeping his mids or what? Damn. <laughs> yeah. So Gravity Bomb um, came out uh, twenty sixteen. I was gonna say uh, that's we a really actually, early one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, Jordan and I were we were looking through the archives. We were talking the other day. So our it's funny. We've had a couple years off of a no pedals for like three years of actual things. But 2016, yeah. we did Daedalus in April, Gravity Bomb in July, and Foxcatcher in November. All the same year. I don't know yeah. how the heck we did that, but um, and that's a whole we rig just, right there. Like you, you yeah. lost a whole guitar rig. <laughs> we were we were young and hungry, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Gravity Bomb existed since 2016, and. When we were, we had the custom manufactured enclosure. We were working with our printer um, in enclosure manufacturer, which actually somebody asked in one of our Instagram posts. We work with um, Jacob over at F5 Metalworks. Mm-hmm. He's in Oklahoma. He came on with us for Triple Graph and has since, he now does all of our regular production stuff. Awesome. Um, he's great to work with. He had one of the only machines in the industry I knew of that I was a friend with that could handle Triple Graph size. Um, mm-hmm. So it just worked out. But when we did Gravity Bomb in 2016, a, a quick thing, a Gravity Bomb was kind of a reactionary thing for me because the world was huge on the EP booster. Everything mm-hmm. was like yeah. EP booster or super hard on clone, which are mm-hmm. both great things, but they're both different type of FETs. I was like, I don't want to do another like FET cued um, thing. I wanted to do a clean, transparent, uh, op amp based um boost. so we went after stylings of the micro amp which is mm-hmm. jack jack white made kind of famous as well in his rig which was kind of cool now that in the future we get to work with him mm-hmm. but it was kind of reactionary so i went with that and that's where gravity bomb originated from i didn't want to do a, a you know an ep style or a super hard on style so i went with this we did gravity bomb um it was very early in our career with artwork and stuff you know looking back it's one of those things where we would have been like man why did we do that but we didn't really we were still making the mold that is csp at that point yeah right you now and right. it had a really good run people really liked it it was 89 bucks um those that liked it and got it really enjoyed it um mm-hmm. 
recently put it on like a simulator and Gravity Bomb's EQ has no EQ change. It's completely flat until low, like 10 hertz and a, like below and above actual listening range. Great. So, you know, Very like, linear. Yeah. 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 There, there is no EQ change. So when we were working on this, so we going back quickly to Renegade, we had a new mini enclosure made. We had a new mini form factor. We figured out all the locations for stuff on the inside and all the location stuff for the outside. Renegade was running the race. It was doing its thing. And had realized in our inventory, we were almost out of gravity bomb enclosures. And I was like, crap, I don't want to do another round of ordering them, get them over to F5 and printed and stuff like mm-hmm. running out of them. I'm running out of circuit boards. I'm running out of everything. What am I going to do with this? Maybe it's time to just discontinue it. So we, were, we discontinued it over the summer. We were offering, we were, had some really cool sales of like buy a pedal, get a gravity bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. People were responding to it. They really enjoyed um, that. Um, it, people really still enjoy which is great and that was like just kind of like a flush sale it wasn't born out of like a sales approach thing or any of that type of stuff it was just kind of like hey we want to make room for a new thing so we've got new enclosures coming in we've got new artwork we've got an idea so i put it onto a breadboard and i started with obviously gravity bombs original topology just a clean platform and when we were designing it i was driving a colleague home we were driving up to Boston and I was mentioning to them, I was like, I want to do something on Gravity Bomb because our form factor for minis is always going to be one knob in either a two or three-way toggle and an LED and a foot switch. That's the form factor. I was I was mentioning to them, I was like, I don't want to do a treble boost or a treble option because we have Broadway. And if we ever want to mm. do another treble booster, maybe that's not this isn't the place to do it. Gravity Bomb's his own thing. And I was like, would bass boost make sense? Like that type of thing? And they mentioned to me, what about mids? Like right in the smack dab in the middle. And I was like, okay. Yeah, man, what the fuck? What about mids? What the fuck about mids? Guitars, Guitars are mid Yeah. It's all it's a, mids. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Guitar is mids. And it's like, yes. it was like looking us right in the face. It was like, duh, could have had a V8. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so they they were saying to me, it's like, about- we're going to get demonetized now because of you." <laughs> no, he means just- he means version eight. So, so I'm I'm we're driving home, and they said to me, "Like, what about mids?" And I was like, "Hmm, that's interesting. I've never actually gone a- about that approach because it's- I've never thought about mids as a guitar pedal manufacturer. <laughs> never, never thought even about crossed mids. my mind." <laughs> Good God, this guy. <laughs> Next, he's going to say he didn't think about clipping options. <laughs> so you so, plug the guitar in? This is all news to me. All this right, is, all this right. Is witchcraft. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. So everybody listening knows it's like it, it might be like a, 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 a you know a very like generic thing, but guitar is mids. We're yeah. lis- we're yeah. playing mids. We're listening. You know. So so I was like, okay, that'd be interesting. It's a different. Uh, I'm thinking of it from a circuitry point of view. You know, I was talking to yeah. them and I was like, okay, instantly I'm trying to like drive while think about a schematic, right, and what I would do. And, and that was when you was, crashed your car. So we're at the auto body shop and I'm like, this goddamn GBV2. <laughs> so going back to like, Justin, we were talking about like low pass, high pass filters. Like, you know, it's it's two parts if you make it passive, right? You can roll off on this end, roll off on that end. But what are you going to do in the middle? You know what I mean? Is it going to be like a band that gets scooped or boosted or something like that? So we were designing this. Uh, I created this mids network. I used the substitution boxes. This is a shameless plug for those. <laughs> and I made an active um, 
MIDS boost network. And I literally just used my substitution box in my ear and found two modes that I really liked. Nice. And it ended up All being, right. ended up getting it into a program called Spice, which is like a, you know, you make your, um, and then it'll tell you based off all the information what the EQ is, what the gain oh, range nice. is, oh, you know, okay. s- slew rate, all of that type of nerd es- stuff. Estimated right? visualization, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, THD and N, all that type of stuff, right? So depending on what's been total put in there, harmonic how- distortion. You can't fool me. Noise. <laughs> he thinks he can fool me with his lingo, his acronyms. <laughs> You got your your TGIF and your KFC and your Taco Bell. And WTF. So, yeah. so we threw it in there, and it was 750 and 1K. And that was just literally, somebody asked me, it was like, why yep. those frequencies? I was like, Are you kidding ear. me? It's the mids. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> it's the mids. That's why. Yeah. That should be my answer now. So what was, up with, uh, what was up with the tone up? It's the mids. It's the mids. <laughs> it's always the mids. Shut your mouth. It's the mids. That's how they get so, yeah, oh, so that's I, a t-shirt. We got a live designer t-shirt that says shut your okay, mouth. It's shut the mids. Mouth, it's the mids. Somebody write that down. Somebody in chat write it down right now. Okay, go on, Alex. All right. So so we had um two <laughs> we had two mids networks. It ended up being 750 hertz and 1k. <laughs> Seven fifty those are perfectly those are perfectly reasonable spots to place mid sweeps. <laughs> Okay, mug idea. These are perfectly acceptable mids. <laughs> <laughs> we is have it a so fat many show joke titles. Or is it I a guitar joke? Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, all man. jokes aside. Yes. If you look at like mini boosts on the market, we did a lot of like back like um back end research, if you will. That's not a sexual. So we were I had this one going of my colleagues that, fast, you guys. Yes. We're gonna get to the top of that triangle where we're clearly more sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a colleague of mine that we were talking about the mids idea. I was like, hey, research however you can. Just go on the internet. <laughs> miniature form factor pedals or boosts that have a mids control, yep. so to speak. You really can't find a lot of stuff that's mids. You get a lot of bass. You get a lot of treble. You get a lot mm-hmm. of just general two position like, EQs. Like a tilt. Mm-hmm. I would expect to see a lot of tilts there where you've got a little yep. of both or, or something one way or the other. Yep. Or yeah. you see a big high tone stack, which is technically <laughs> scooped. Um, uh-huh. But this is a this is a specific active EQ mid, so it's a thirty to thirty five dB boosted in that mid range. So you get Whoa. that like I, I don't know if it's bell curve, like a, a hump there. You get you get a big old hump there. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not trying to make show notes right now. Sorry, <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's the Discord. Yep. People showed up and now it's funny. <laughs> okay, it's fine. Um, 35 so, decibels is what you're boosting? Good um, God. You're boosting 35 dB at that frequency. Right. <laughs> Jesus. So the, the, so, the, so the pedal itself is about 20 dB overall. <laughs> yeah. So you're are you saying the that delta frequency. at that frequency is 35 or is the delta 15? Because um, if the whole pedal's 20, are you doing an additional 15 in the middle or are you doing an additional 35 in the middle? That sounds wild to me. 35 is like banana pants EQ. Yeah, that's 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 what Spice told us. So I'm going to say it's all about the mids. All right. <laughs> the point is it's got a lot of gravity. Yes. And, you, you know, when we were designing this, we thought it was important to 
um, not have a mids boost section as well. So we had a three-way toggle so that the middle position is original GB, right, like the right. o- cool. OG. You yeah, know, you're so not if you like anything up, yeah, the OG exactly. GB. So that's the thing we didn't want to make a mids <laughs> only. Um, yeah, because you know. Right, because the the V one of the Gravity Bomb was so successful and and so loved, right? Like it, it you were here on a V two because it was great. So to get rid of that would be silly, you know. So, we want to we wanted yeah. to retain what made the original one special with adding features like so the original one was like clean boost and buffer. Now this one is clean boost and mids enhancer. So yeah. we wanted to have both. We didn't want to be like, oh man, remember when Gravity Bomb used to be clean platform and now I only get mids, which are cool, but I, it'd be cool to have neutral yeah. EQ. Because mm-hmm. that was the selling point for us for Gravity Bomb. Literally just more you and your amp. Not an EQ boost, not an EQ cut. Mm-hmm. It was just like more of you. And that's how we wanted it to um featured as well on the V2 is you can have OG mode or you have two different mids modes. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm into it. I think it's a very See already uh, they're asking for another dual <laughs> fucking pedal. What the fuck? A I dual think it's gravity a very... bomb. The original on one side and the V2 on the other. He just said the V2 has the original in it. God damn it. Yeah, but it's about having both. I think this is a clear <laughs> progression of the gravity bomb, right? It's the next the next logical yeah. step for a pedal like this to take. So also 9 to 18 volts, great. Mm-hmm. And 129, great. And also coming out Friday? Friday, October 14th, you'll get both Renegade and Gravity Bomb V2. Boom, baby. Awesome. Love it. We're pretty we're pretty excited about it. Um, you should be. This is awesome. Con- congrats on on these releases. Thank you. I will say one thing. Like when back in the day when we were launching stuff and creating what became the duet series and everything, like we were still kind of setting the groundwork and foundation, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, however, took form to where it was. Now with this new series that will be out next year and this new mini series that we're coming out with this this October, we can put ideas down and Jordan can design them in, in in illustrator and we could see them next to each other, how they look. Oh, here's Mm. how big graphics should be. Here's how big knobs should be. This is how like, so he's got a whole library of parts and now it's like lather, rinse, repeat. So I'll change the inside changes, the powder and the outside. And it's the same form factor. And you can kind of get to see a family before you even have the first two running the race. That's awesome. Yeah. We have, that's going to be really exciting to like, it's a different, not like, it's not making your plans for you, but it can make you excited to continue in a way that you may not have been expecting. Definitely helps streamline stuff. Like we've already, so we've got these two coming in October. We already have three more in the queue for nice. probably next year because we did the bang our head against the wall to figure out the whole locations, the distance on the X coordinate, the Y coordinate, and like. Z and all that type of stuff. And we figured out the circuit board after revision after revision of where the stuff goes. I've got it to the point now where it's like, I've got like cheat sheets of like, oh, every time stuff goes there and I change what mm-hmm. the components are. So the streamline process is so good. Uh, like okay. it's, I, I meant to mention like when we were doing Renegade and finishing it up, I've been doing Renegade for a couple months or so. Avity Bomb, honestly, at the breadboard, probably about 60 minutes. Total. Maybe a couple we hours. We had most yeah. of it there already. I mean, you just needed yeah. to it, include exactly. it was, the most it was important the part, the mids. Yeah. 
Mitch, it was the part it, that you, f- was, you fucking forgot about the first time. Let's be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the thing we forgot six years ago finally got there. And the running joke that like week was kind of like, huh, really shit GB2 out, huh? As if like, <laughs> like the tax man was coming. Yeah. Oh shit, we need another pedal. Yeah, I got I mean, an idea, guys. We're coming up on fall and we haven't been on the tone control yet. Somebody invent a pedal quick. <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty much it was kind of funny because the first circuit board worked the, the the breadboard was working the layout worked like it just kind of came in it was like huh you know when you know um the carnival event where you got the squirt gun in the hole and the mm-hmm. the animals running the race it mm-hmm. was like renegades like oh and renegade is in the lead and here comes gb on steroids <laughs> they're just flying just by like, a, like a pressure washer on them <laughs> rip, rip yeah, this, this little 12 year old girl is a pressure washer on lane six <laughs> and it's awesome. lane six by a mile so that's what gravity bomb felt like it was kind of like what the heck was that well, excited. well, we're awesome. excited about both. Um, I think it, I think they're in really good price points for our market. Yeah, as yeah, well. I would agree. Absolutely, absolutely. I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, this isn't this isn't JHS money, right? <laughs> I mean, and, and those those guys in in Earthquake are making affordable stuff for ninety nine bucks, and they have they're packing stuff in. That's again That's the same thing. A form factor yeah. that is different, and you can't convince um, me to stop making fun of JHS though. Just I mean, just the, so I think clear. the funny thing is. I think the funny thing about that is like JHS is squarely in the middle of the price market. I, think. <laughs> I know. I don't know why they're my target anymore. <laughs> like they're just they're just pedals. Like they cost what they cost. And it's like, not like it's Gibson not bad, where they honestly. deserve the hell out of it. It's no, just, it's just me. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, hey. Okay. So that's that's a couple of pedals. I have one more question that came in from our community. And it is, as I get to my tab, will you still be offering more pedals in the Relic style? Oh. That's a good question. So, Relicking generally was a couple things. If it wasn't just straight custom shop, you would see Relicking from us primarily when we had Telegraph on the market. Mm -hmm. And you would see it, and we still do it in Broadway and strategy v2 so that would that's our relicking so mm-hmm. we're not doing relicking on any of this mini stuff we we like doing it however um it was it was very time consuming with a lot of stuff like when we had telegraph from 2015 to 2020 there were a lot of times like you probably you guys maybe saw and remembered our like army green color yeah. right like the the relic army green yeah. color like that process a quick behind the curtain was like after we get the wrong closure and we drill it to go to the powder room, powder it black, bring it back down. Once it's cooled, I gotta go outside, spray paint it, army, put it in the oven, hope it cure faster. Then put the back plate on it, bring it outside to the rock driveway, the stone wall, relic it, kick it around, make it look <laughs> good and bad at the same time. Yeah. Then after that, I gotta clean it up usually with some type of like sander or give it a little bit of TLC. Mm-hmm. And Little spirit, clean that thing off. Then I got to get a decal out, put the decal on, then go outside, clear coat it with some really nice clear coat, then <laughs> put it go. back in the oven, then bring it in, and then build it. So, it, so pretty time-consuming, like, yeah. Those things were like 80 yeah. bucks at most. And it was yeah. to the point where I was like, I did 2,000 of these. I don't want to do them anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. so, so we decided like our relicking is really only in our, our um, Pickguard series, so Broadway and Strategy, and then maybe maybe someday we'll do some Relic stuff. I did really enjoy doing it because other than us, 
Electronics was the only other companies I can think of that would offer like yeah, you don't a relicking. See, you don't see yeah. relic pedals very often. And it was a cool look for sure. For sure. No, it, but it this is this, this makes sense that yeah. this is exactly why. Like you were saying, you've got your new uh enclosure you, you, partnership mm-hmm. manufacturing and stuff like that. So like this would you, you've you've done a lot of streamlining that's allowed the scale to go up and it's allowed these other things to happen and relicking um yeah, I mean that sounds like that's definitely going to be like some if, if it happens it's going to be some special stuff for small runs or mm-hmm. something like that so that Alex doesn't have to kick around 2000 pedals in the driveway. Now I got to say this is just my little my little editorial uh note here to Alex. The flat black on the on the Captain Hook, that's the move. Yeah, I, I <laughs> the generally flat, the flat uh, paint. That's the look. <laughs> I, I gravitate towards matte over gloss every time. Gloss has its place. Sure. Matte over gloss. Also, I'm a greasy guinea, so my sweaty fingers are. <laughs> oh just, my god. There's a lot of. There's <laughs> just a lot of olive oil coming off my body. <laughs> and, just it just this is one of those bad. it's okay when they say it to each other kind of thing. Right? I guess so. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, this is I, I when I line up my I took that photo the other day and I was looking at all my copper sound pedals and I was like, that one just looks the meanest, you know, because it's the flat yeah. black paint. I don't know. I'm just saying, just saying, keep oh, that in mind. Yep. Well, you know what we else I want to see? <laughs> I want to see like a, a limited edition of let's just like the regular line that's like the flat black, but the graphic is in the original paint color. You can have that idea for free. We've discussed like (laughs) stuff like that where it's like white or black, but then the graphic is the color. Because I mean, you've seen we we obsess and stress for good or for bad over colors and stuff like that. It's all of our stuff. The whole brand experience, not not just the Copper Sound brand, Mm -hmm. but like the product Mm -hmm. brand and like the brand experience as a user and stuff like that. That stuff does matter. Thinking about the details puts you in the mind frame to. to to think about everything in that same regard. Like if you're going to say like this, this, you know, the color, well, you know, that's actually less important than the sound that puts you in the mind frame to overlook things the way I see it. So I I don't, in the 85 episodes you guys and I have done together, I don't think (laughs) I ever, I don't think if we had enough to do, but I don't think I've ever explained our color system. Uh, To you guys. I just know that they're, is one? Yeah, maybe. I mean, there's I colors. Know. This is what I know. There there's colors. colors. Yes, yes. Uh, I'll I'll explain it briefly. And okay, you yeah, have six on. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the color system here that we're doing, <laughs> which obviously will be easier every time we get more models, um, we go off like a sound color spectrum. So we broke up the color spectrum. We've added a couple things to it. Essentially, think of it as uh, black, white. Those are just very neutral colors. So think of it as pink, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, right? Mm-hmm. Your basic colors, plus you got black and white. We've we've broken up the color spectrum based off the type of effect. So anything that's in the black, pink, white, red, orange, or yellow is always going to be dynamic base. So that's overdrive, fuzz, distortion, um, tremolo is dynamic. I was going to say, is tremolo dynamics? Yeah, yeah. Let's say so. It also has grit in it. Um, mm-hmm. Compression is a dynamic effect, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that is blue, indigo, violet, or green is going to be modulation time-based. So time you based. see Daedalus and Polaris live in there. Okay. Um, Loma Prieta is red. Foxcatcher is orange. I took brown. the back off my Loma Prieta. Even the inside, folks, is all color-matched. 
So, so as you guys see, <laughs> we have a new pedal that's uh, mm-hmm. a fuzz. It's orange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, because it lives in that gain and dynamic realm of pink, red, orange, yellow. So, yeah, that's just a quick little insight into how obsessive we are over color. So, like, if we were going to do uh, Tube Screamer, I'll tell you this, it wouldn't be green. Fuck I yeah, think it won't. exactly <laughs> the same way as that. Like, uh, when I'm uh, laying out mix sessions, I color code... Tr- well, you're supposed to color code tracks. Like, it just makes it easier to look at. But I have things in my mind that different colors are supposed to make sense. And uh, mm-hmm. bases always go purple. And okay. often, if there's synth elements, those also end up purple, whereas the drums are typically like an orange or a brown or something like some kind of variations of that because I think of them as being wooden <laughs> for whatever mm-hmm. reason. And so, and, and so on and so forth. And they're very natural. Yeah, like, but I have like something in my mind where like that's exactly what's going on and I'll stick to that, right? And there'll be variations within or something. But yeah, that makes perfect sense yeah. to me. So that's our that's our Lower creator number 65. Two twenty six nineteen. Yeah, that was right after it came out in uh, yeah. January twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how much time we got? Because I figured I'll tease one thing at the very end, or I don't know if it's better. Uh, for like a I think we're twi- winding down here. We're, Give it a tease, we're, we're and we'll, we'll get yeah. out of here. Do you want? Actually, no. I'll tell you what. I'm going to pun- I'm going to punctuate your tease with. All right. So this is a this one. This one. Jeez, holding. So we know it's a copper sound pedal. I just pulled a selection from the very old. Holy smokes, is that the. Uh, okay, so you know um, it's a Pickguard collection because of how old it is. Yeah, I was going to say, is it the Broadway? It's the Broadway. You had It was a coin yeah. toss, Derek. You had Sounds a 50, like Broadway 50 chance. on neck pickup. Yeah. Cool. Broadway. Broadway on the neck mode, yeah. Okay, what do you got to tease? So, is it what's what um, under is what under that towel there? Is is, is, is it what under that towel? Is is, is yeah. it what's under that? I, I use words. I was gonna <laughs> so, ask about the towel. I forgot. <laughs> so I'll, I'll I'll mention what's under here, and then we can cut the episode, and I'll tell you guys off screen about it. Oh, okay. 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 That means you want you. Pe- that means you want people to hear about it come Christmas time, because that's the after show goes out at Christmas time. All Pretty right. much, yeah. Right. That, that type okay. of thing. So okay. I just want that on the up and up before you go say something you don't want to say. All right. I mean, we're still going here, so. Yeah, he said he's going to talk about the things. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh, there they are. Yes. So this would be I knew the, it. Uh, uh, when we talked about Triple Graph, the updated mechanics, that's going to mm-hmm. flow back down the river into new telegraphs. Is that what I'm yep, looking telegraph at? Telegraph V2. Telegraph right. V2. Saw it a mile away. Been waiting. <laughs> That's the one. Good. Good, good. Is so it's the same assembly, like the whole same like foot switch design and like the the um, the boot worthy foot. Yeah. Mm. Nice. That's gonna be fun. Damn right. Looking forward to it. The colors look great. Fantastic. Uh all right. And that's so th- so double T's, uh Telegraph V2. Uh, mm-hmm. Which was sort of pre-teased like a year ago <laughs> or two years ago now. Yeah, uh, but yeah. but uh, with the sub tease that something else is going to get teased and you're not going to know until Christmas time, except for the people who are here with me right yeah, now. Yeah, that's a major right. pull to join the Discord and join the that's Patreon it. as you get to hear so, about this shit mega early. So that's what it is. <laughs> this this was a fun one, uh, as always, with Alex from Copper Sound Pedals. Come to the Discord at discord.io/slash. 
tone control uh, to participate in all kinds of random shenanigans that go on. And, um, you know, thanks for listening. And if you want to do more than listen, you want to support the show, you want to come on down to patreon.com slash the tone control. And we've got lots of tiers um, for as little as a dollar a month. You're helping us out. And basically we're turning this right around and um, pretty much everything we take in, we end up giving back to the community one way or another mm-hmm. um, in fun things like giveaways. So that's basically what's going on when you're supporting the show. But we do really, really appreciate it. And the tiers go up and up and up until you start getting other benefits like uh, joining us in the live chat, uh, extra behind the scenes things, and like all the files from pedal demos and and uh, there's, other. There's so crap. many goodies now. There's so many yeah. goodies. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's it. That's that's going to be the show. All that's left is to thank the patrons this this episode, and and that's going to include. Uh, hold on, let me start my music. That's going to include Nick Greenwood, Carson Ricketts, Matthew Fenslaw, Risen Wolf, Jamie Evans, Doug King, Big Daddy Doug, Righteous Ryan Johnson, Steve Huffman, Jonas Sabatini, Eric, Gary Balibaldi. <laughs> Brian Gower of the Tone Jerks Podcast, Mako Guitars, Andrew Walsh of Andrew's Alcove, Doug Christ of 37 Effects, Sean Wright of Lollygagger Effects. Thank you all ever so much, and thanks to Alex from uh, Copper Sound Pedals for coming on and talking to us about all his new awesome stuff and forgiving us for forgetting about it last time. Yeah, well, you know. Well, good. It's probably better to do it now. Cool, cool. All right. It was awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm. Thank you.